Sorry, folks, we ran a little long there. Here's part two of the Sazerac episode with John Adams from Rival Brothers Coffee Roasters. Enjoy! Uh, so, you know, he... Marco Pirouet is famous for spawning a, f- a few different chefs, um, most notably one Mr. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. So Marco Pirouet, also Paul Liebrandt, who I worked for at Gilt Restaurant in 2005 uh, in New York City. He had a couple great restaurants, Atlas, Papillon, Gilt, um, incredible places, just mind-numbing cuisine. You know, things where you're like, what is going on here? You know? And basically what happened is... Um, you had French cuisine, haute cuisine, right? That was like Joël Robichon and like all the famous Was it white guys. haute cuisine? It was white haute cuisine. <laughs> yes. Yes. Show. White show. Show, show haute cuisine. Um, show blanc. And, show blanc. <laughs> show blanc. <clears throat> so they, everything was like cream sauces and everything was heavy, really heavy. Lots of butter, lots of salt, lots of fat. And Marco Pierre White is kind of the godfather of Nouvelle Cuisine. So he, he lightened it all up. He made it a little you know, springier, cleaner, brighter, focus on the origin of, of, of components. So from there, you have a lot of modern cooking. Um, when I worked at Brasserie Perrier, a lot of the cooking we did was fusion. That was the next thing. After you had haute cuisine, then you had Nouvelle Cuisine, which is new cuisine. Then you had fusion, right? So you had... The godfather of fusion cuisine was a guy named Joël Robichon. He was a very famous chef. He kind was passed away like, recently. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And he kind of took, uh, he took you know Asian cooking and classic French cooking, and was like, imagine if we cooked like, you know, like the French do, but we used fish sauce and lemongrass and ginger, you know, like imagine if we took those, those things. It was almost like colonization. It was like reverse colonization. And made this a beautiful thing. So that's what Brasserie Perry was, except that the original chef and the second chef were both Italian. So they were like, oh, we're going to throw some gavadils in here too. You know, forget <laughs> about it. So, so they, they basically had this idea of kind of blending all of these different cuisines and flavors and ingredients that, that really work so that as a diner, you're hanging out and you're, you're eating really beautiful food that had extremely deep talent behind it and legacy of, of culinary kind of just recipes and, and history to it and technique. It was all technique driven. And that's really what, what it was. So moving forward from there, um, which is, that's what I kind of came up learning was that type of, of fusion and nouvelle, nouvelle cuisine. Then you hit molecular gastronomy. Which is like Wiley Dufresne from WD Fifty and, and Granny Chats, you know Jose Andres exactly, Ferran Adria most famously, El Bouilly. I mean, just he was cooking very traditional, you know, Catalonian food from Barcelona. That looked like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, yeah. It was like squid with red peppers, you know. And all of a sudden he was like, well, what if we turn the squid into a jelly? And we turned the red peppers into a foam, but a thermo-reversible foam. And then uh, let's, you know, add a powder of, of dried chilies. And and he did it. And then and then it was like, oh, and we'll take parsley, bake it into a sponge cake that you microwave and then tear with your fingers. You know, so he really turned the world on its head with instead of everything being ring cutters and pastry tips and palette knives, it, it turned into this, like, free-form Jackson Pollock, just let it fall on the plate, smack it across a ceramic, make this beautiful cuisine. The quality of the ingredients was of the utmost importance. You know, if you think about Jackson Pollock, for instance, with painting, if he used shitty colors and shitty paints, right, it wouldn't have been nearly as dynamic. Right, like, yeah. he used good ingredients. Yeah. And his mind was the vehicle for that, kind of, you know? But if he was using, like, crappy shit, like, if he used chalk, it wouldn't have been the same effect. Yeah, definitely not. You know? I mean... That's just how it is. So, for me, and being from Philadelphia, I was like, all right, how do I make this work here? Because Philly is decidedly not nouveau. Right. You know? And it was it was always... So, we opened Snack Bar in 2006, my partner and I. And the whole idea, I had gone to cook at Mugaritz in the Basque Country, 
who was kind of an acolyte of, of Fran Adria, this guy I worked for, and Doni Luis Adures, and, and saw this very clean approach to cooking, very artistic, you know? Um, and I and then I worked in New York for a year with Paul Liebrand opening Guilt Restaurant. I came back to Philly and I was like, I was so excited to show everyone what I had learned. And like, everybody was like, cool, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, you aren't feeling it. Steak frites, you know? Yeah. Um, that like, was how do the Eagles fit into this? Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. it. You know, we built this really beautiful space at 253 South 20th Street, which is now Audrey Claire's Cook. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we were in there, and and the idea was you build your own tasting menu. Everything was like eight to fourteen dollars, and there was five sections of the menu broken into like fruits, vegetables, fish, meat, and pastry, and you build your five course tasting menu however you wanted. So if you wanted foie gras and salmon. Uh, you know, pineapple or or Brussels sprouts. You could put all that in one meal, um, and it really just didn't work. It it really was it was well received Here. by the critics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I got some good reviews and questionable reviews. Um, a lot of the food bloggers, which was just starting, you know, it was it was before like it was there. People were ready for it, but I guess the. The Gen Pop was not yeah. completely ready for it. I mean, we also had a small restaurant. You know, we had right. like 20 seats. Um, I had like two cooks with me in the kitchen, you know, and it was like in at 9 a.m., out at 2 a.m. You yeah. know, it was brutal. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was old school, you know. But that, that was such a fun place. I it mean, was fun. Cause I remember the snow day. Yeah. Like, like, it was like, come eat for free, but you have to eat outside. Yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that whole thing. That was John Makar's idea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Um but so so that's so that's so great because like like that really was the the catalyst for ev- everything that is Philly food right now. Mhm. Um Matt Levin was a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, at the Rittenhouse Hotel, he had just started kind of pushing and his sous chef was one Mr. Jason Kachansky who now yeah. owns Ella and Gaslight yeah. and everything, yeah. you know. Um, Nick Elmy was right there in the mix. Yeah, you know Nick Elmy was a Frosty Perrier when I was I mean, there. That that is literally fucking CBGB. Yeah, in the early eighties, <laughs> like yeah. like you you are yeah like of the toy food scene. Like like and and it and it honestly like catapulted Philly into the fucking pantheon of like everything that is awesome about food right now and like. Um, I'm happy to be a part of it, you know, mm. and I, and I came in like as, as a poser, like I, I'm actually thankful to, to art from FUBU's because I, I, we moved down here in 2008 and I was like, Hey art, like I've got this like food blog, like, yeah. can I get on your blog roll? And he's like, Oh my God, your shit's great. And like, also like there's, there's so much more to Philly than cheesesteaks, sure. which is like so cliche, but at the same time, like. You guys were doing some fucking work. Well, I think what you were doing, too, is you, you came to Philly and embraced what we were doing and championed it immediately. And and that's what I love about the early Philly food blogs. It wasn't it wasn't review and critique. It was, hey, you need to know about this. You right. Know, like Phila Dining, Jeff Town, when yeah. he was on Chow Hound. Like he was, that was the first time a diner was photographing my food. I'm cooking this guy dinner. I was like, order in. I'm like, whoa, this guy just ordered everything. And you're like, oh my God, this is crazy. This guy must be really hungry. And, he, and meanwhile, <laughs> like, he's like writing about it, you know? Um, and I was working on my days off before that with with Shola Olanoyu at, at Studio Kitchen. And he was also one of the early proponents of pushing this molecular gastronomy, which has the and, and worst the mul- name ever, yeah. by the way. It's bad. It's so bad. And really, all it is, when you strip it down, what, what Ferran was doing at Grand H Hats and all these guys, it's applying scientific method to cuisine. Mm-hmm. It's asking questions. Well, why do we do it this way? Can't we do it a different way? You know? to, me, to me, it always, I like to explain it as sleight of hand, right? Like yeah. It's kind of like chefs are artists, right? But when you do molecular gastronomy, it's kind of like twisting artistry up with magic. Right, and it's sleight of hand, like you're saying. Oh, look at this! I always say peanut butter and jelly. My kids love that. Sure, right? sure. And uh, but like, oh, it's actually you know huevos rancheros. 
Right. That looks like a freaking peanut butter jelly sandwich. The thing that always killed me was like deconstructed. Yeah. You know, it was like, I'm going to make you a deconstructed burrito. You know, and, and I would always be beans. like, I'm like, yeah, that's called huevos rancheros. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you're too lazy to roll yeah. it the fuck off, yeah. you know? But Or you but, can't. Or you can't. You're like, I don't know how. Or you're going to take the tortilla and make it into a foam. An espuma, if you will. Yeah. An espuma. <laughs> Un espuma. Un espuma. Un espuma de tortilla. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, in your shops and Rival Brothers mm-hmm. locations, do you see more dads come in or more singles come in? I see moms with strollers. Okay, that's the vibe. I'll be honest. We get we get a lot. So of the moms. better halves of of dads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we see. You know, it really depends on the neighborhood too. Uh, the first shop we opened, Twenty Fourth and Lombard, uh, Fittler Square. We get a lot of moms uh, or some nannies. You know, on the weekends, it's definitely like the whole fam, which that means a lot to me. When like you might see the dad come through at seven, and you see the mom come through at nine during the week. Yeah. And then on Saturday they they all come together at ten. Like that really gets me amped. Um, coffee kind of levels a playing field, you know. And and the whole idea is is what we were building with our brand was just to, you know, be there for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're in a suit or you're a bike messenger or you're working for SEPTA or whatever. Like you come in, you know. Um, Although if you if you work for SEPTA, you have to um, give them. 10 minute delay for slippery coffee season i usually do hot coffee season or cold coffee season. yeah definitely yeah i i also like immediately like spray paint a yellow box around <laughs> where they're standing i'm like you can't come over do not cross that line. this yeah, don't yeah. don't yeah. just don't just, just respect wait. that just wait exactly you know um, but then you know a different uh, our our shop at 16th and spruce and the train building is a little more transient you know we don't have that community it's You've got conductors from the Kimmel Center, students from the Curtis Center. You've got, you know, Market Street types. It's a little bit of everything, yeah. um, you know. And then 11th and Tasker down in deep south Philly. I mean, that's a whole different vibe. You know, yeah. our busiest time is like 3.30 in the afternoon. Really? Which is all like line cooks and waiters. Really? Because there's awesome. so many bars and restaurants around yeah, there. Yeah, it's true. That it's we true. get slammed. People come in, they're like, yo, let me get four cold brew. And in my mind, I'm like, that's a $16 sale, you know. So it's it's incredible. Um, so th- it's really a, a little bit of everything, you know. Um, and and there's definitely, it's funny. There was a mom today who came in. I was at Tasker all, uh, all day today, and there was a mom who came in. Like the front door was open. It was a beautiful day today, and she had a newborn like swaddled in the strap-on situation, mm-hmm. um, and was still pushing the stroller and was like one-handing you know, the stroller up, like, up the, the three stairs. stairs. Yeah. And immediately, like, my barista, like, came out from around the bar and was like, let me help that's you. Awesome. And then that's she was great. like, no. <laughs> you know? And she was like, like, that's the thing about moms, you know? No, like, a dad would totally take the help. A dad yeah. had been like, oh, sweet, dude. Can you, I'm just going to sit. Can you bring me cream, two sugars? Here's my card. Yeah. Buy one for the dude behind me, you know? <laughs> but, like, a mom was like, no. You know, and, and like, I, I love that. And as we're leading up to Mother's Day this weekend, too, I think it's it's worth talking about, like, you know, the dad part of it is amazing, and we get to do a lot of cool stuff, and we talk about legacy and, and how we protect our kids, you know, but, like, that day-to-day stuff that, that, that mom wives hard, do. Man. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, we, we, I, I talk, I talk yeah. often about my wife, which whom we call the GOAT on this podcast. She, amazing. Uh, not because she's the greatest of all time, but because she can eat things and never get sick, um, like a goat. Um, That's incredible. But she's yeah. also a very beautiful person and uh, a great, great partner. But um, she she never is able to answer what type of dad drinks, the type of drink we had this yeah. particular night. And so, and she loves when we get to this little bit that we do mm. every single yeah. episode. This is episode 14. We've done 14 dads. We're not running out of dads yet. No. Right? No. no, of course not. We're There's gonna, lots we're, of types of footwear to, for you to hit. We're going to still, generate right? new dads. You're gonna get Tiva dads. You're gonna get. You're gonna get. Oh. Um, I don't know. Well, don't don't spoil my dads. <laughs> don't spoil. <laughs> don't spoil my footwear dads. So, so in honor of the guest, John, I'd like you to tell us what t- what type of dad drinks the Sazerac. You can say you, mm. but this is a bit we do every single time. What type of dad drinks a Sazerac cocktail? I mean, given the history of the Sazerac, I think it's easy to imply and understand also that the type of dad that would drink a Sazerac would 
would probably be the type of dad that has said Sazerac, said Sazerac, yeah, uh, stirred with the tail of a small white dog. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's just a given. Which, I mean, ironically, is the yes. type of dog that Marcos has. Yes, and we actually stirred our Sazeracs tonight with Thomas's tail. That's why. That's why it tastes so good. Yeah, the was, viscosity, maybe. It was good. I mean, it had some bugs. It had twigs. Things that yeah. you just roll it around in, sure. you know, flavoring. Um, but he, th- that dog, and I don't know if people have heard it on the podcast, but he is crazy when we have uh, beef, <laughs> beef jerky snacks down here. He can smell it from upstairs and just mm. starts barking mm. his ass off. Um, but what, I, What's your take on the Sazerac dad? So my, my take on the Sazerac dad is, is a dad who really respects history mm. and likes to go out and get a fancy cocktail, right? I'm, I'm doing air quotes to John right now. Uh, sure, in the I podcast can see. studio. Yeah, but you yeah. guys can't. However, uh, <laughs> he, he, he loves to go out and get a fancy cocktail, but he doesn't want a martini because martinis, to me, are lame, mm. right? And this guy is cooler than a lame dad. Um, he, he likes classics with a twist. He'll wear suspenders when you least expect it. Right, right? on. And they'll have a pattern to them, even, because he's not afraid to mix it up with a little coffee, whiskey, rye, right, right. instead of the rye. He's not afraid to mix it up with Angos and Peychaud's bitters. Oh. He'll do whatever he needs to do. Slow down. I know. Wait, exactly. Does your dad, uh, are we talking straight classic tie with the Windsor knot, or are we going bow tie? No, no this, guy, this guy does a half Windsor. Like oh, a, a modified right. Windsor, right? Modified like he doesn't Windsor. do the full Windsor. He's modern enough to be able to adjust to the times, right? Much like the owners of the Sazerac Bar House or House Bar, mm. whatever it was called. Um, I'm too lazy to look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, guys, this is one take, one take. Um, but they, they basically adjusted. They used to have a Jerry Thomas improved whiskey cocktail, and they made it into their own Sazerac, which is what we drink today. And I think that that's the type of dad who who he'll drive like a, a classic car right like but Jay wear, Leno style yeah but wear a modern suit okay well, like from Banana it. Republic no no <laughs> oh no, no, burn no, no. from like from like not, not, not Banana Republic I don't even know Banana Republic does Bonobos. it exist anymore does Bonobos uh, make suits Bonobos does, you know right. Bonobos is owned by Walmart now shut up really yeah you gotta go J. Crew Ludlow if yeah. you have that body type I mean, I mean that's, <laughs> I, it's hard know, that's I, a tough sell you have that body type. I don't, I don't know. have that body I don't know. type. I don't know. I don't know. I don't it's hard to do. I've been running. I still can't fit in that stuff. So. Yeah. I'm, they're always like, uh, yeah, you take a size 42 waist. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, like, well, J. Crew, you do. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out. You know what I've done is uh, if you get the biggest size suit supply suit, yeah. it's still very modern cut. Okay. Um, but it's not like, you don't have to be like on acid to do it. Right, like, like just skinny as hell and like strung out. Like you can you can wear it. It's professional looking, but it's also modern. Has a good cut. So I forget what it's called. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, suit supply. You're not a sponsor. If you can sponsor us, we'll talk about your suit cuts. Mm. But um, you know that. So Marcos, my my dad. Yes. Who drinks this? Is a dad who appreciates fancy <laughs> fanciness, but also. A little bit of modernity. How about you? What was your favorite dad that drinks the Sazerac? Oh my god, I can't get a good picture of you. Stop blinking your eyes. That's better. This is, this is one cut, guys. One I cut. understand. <laughs> um, so, so I, unfortunately for me, Sazerac dad is, uh, I think Sazerac dad has a drinking problem. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> That's consistent with O. Henry. I don't know if I mentioned it, but he, he yeah, died. Yeah, no, we, we talked about it. So, so, mm. so I'm drinking this cocktail, and I'm like, shit, I think I think I, I think I like this yeah. a little too much. Okay. I think I, I think I want to like it a little more. I think I want to have, like, seven more. And uh, then all of a sudden, like, cirrhosis. And that's In probably... Heart. What's that? Enlarged heart diabetes. Enlarged heart diabetes. Yeah, the whole thing. Um, no, but I mean, I I think Sazerac Dad could be cool, but Sazerac Dad could also be a bad influence. 
Okay. I'd be like, yo, you know, just have some absinthe. <laughs> oh, at, uh, I at just bought it. Yeah. Also, hey, here's a sheet of acid. Oh. Take this acid. You know what? Sazerac Dad's edibles dead. <laughs> there it that's, is. That's that's, that's who it. Sazerac Dad is. Sazerac Dad is like, eat this brownie, and don't ask me for more for at least another seventy-five to ninety minutes. <laughs> New Jerky flavor. New um, jer- ooh, edible jerky edibles. Did you know that uh, Sazerac Dad could watch? an actual short film of 21, 21 minutes called The New Orleans Sazerac by James Martin. If yeah. You just look online. It's there. It's on YouTube. It's great. It's very interesting. It tells you all about the history. Have you seen the new Donald Glover video? No, no. but it keeps coming up on this Google. This is Sazerac, it's called? Or, uh, no, no. It's just Donald Glover. He's this a is good America. Dancer. It's, this is America. Yeah, this yeah. is America. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't <laughs> follow along with me. Sorry, the Current dude. events or not. Yeah, it's all right. One yeah. take. One take. One, one take. take. Anyhow. But but here's one thing I wanted to ask John. Before we get mm. to the fast casual. And well, let's we, just get back do... to John because we have a guest here. Yeah. But when we do fast casual, I want you to put the music on this time because it's going to be very dramatic. I can A lot that. of questions. Yeah. I'll put it on. All right. I like put it. It on. I like and, we're, it. and we're running long, but I think the people would love to hear John talk a little more. Of course. Mm. Q&A for me. This is a long form type question and answer. So you've made a pairing... Of jerky and coffee, yeah. and a pairing of whiskey and coffee. Sure. Right? So with Manitoni and with our sponsor, Side Project Jerky. Yep. Respectively. How do you perfect the combination? Like, what's the process you use to do that? Well, the, the first thing we start off with is that we understand that coffee is food. And that's a big thing that we tell a lot of our wholesale partners, and I, I always implore to my staff, coffee is food. It's not a condiment, it's not a spice, it's not a way to pad your check at the end of dessert. You know, this is, this is its own thing and it's an extension of the chef's menu. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's really a fruit when you think about it. The, right, I mean, it's, What we call the bean, right, is a seed of a cherry. Right, yeah. That's what it is. It, it takes seven years for a cherry plant or shrub to come to fruition to have bearable fruit that's ripe to the to the point having the correct bricks content that could be harvested to then that the seed actually has flavor think about it when you grow fruit you're growing that fruit so that the fruit has flavor you're not really too concerned with the pit yeah right right like imagine if we grew peaches just so that the pit tasted good imagine how long that would take and also probably would not actually happen molecularly so um that's part of why coffee is so important is that it it is food there's different processing methods that impart different levels of of sweetness and our roaster amanda uh we always tell her just chase the sweetness make it taste as sweet as it can we we believe that you should enjoy black coffee that's the way we like it so that it tastes very pure and very clean Um, but cream and sugar is like salt and pepper you are one of the few coffees that i can drink black I appreciate that. You know, I mean, it's it's roasting lighter, too. When you roast dark coffee, right, you lose uh, distinction of origin, meaning terroir, right? Yeah. So think about a Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley in Oregon. That, for me at least, imparts a very particular sensory memory. Like, it has a certain distinction. It has a it tastes a certain way. The soil, the air, the, the, the sun, everything that falls on it. The same thing is true with coffee. When you have a certain coffee from a certain region, it tastes a certain way. So our goal is to always let that coffee be its own champion, you know, and we're going to cook it to the point of where it tastes the best. So once you have that part, which, you know, only takes a lifetime to achieve, then <laughs> we're going to pair it with dried meat or, or maybe some, uh, some fermented grains. Right. So the idea there with, with the jerky, um, it's been a hobby of mine for a long time. Um, I've always loved it as a fishing snack, uh, as just something to have around. The original cowboy came out of uh, the burnt ends of barbecue. Right. I remember right. talking to you, yeah. Marcos, extensively about this. Um, and, and it was really, it was, it was having a barbecue night down the shore at, at the Diving Horse restaurant and having leftover ends of brisket 
and the next morning as I was doing prep, I had this cold, leftover, chopped, burnt meat that I'm like, oh, great, breakfast, you know? And I, I have my first coffee in the morning, and I'm eating, like, burnt barbecue and coffee. I'm like, dear God almighty, this is so good. Coffee and barbecue has gone back a long ways. You know, they're, they're good, very good friends. Um, so really, when, when you first approached me about doing this, it was the first thing I thought of, and it was like, okay, well, now how do we bridge the gap? And really where that came through was soy sauce. Yeah. You know? And, and for me, it just it made sense. It was fermented. Uh, it was salty. Uh, it had a certain body to it, you know, and, and it was a push flavor. I wanted something that would push the coffee to catch up to the beef. Um, and that's that's kind of how that happened. And then the rest was just herbs and spices and, you know, kind of sticking to a classic recipe. Uh, you know, the, um, the great thing about that was all the, the trial. Yeah. It was like trying out a bunch of different... Let's try some beef with this coffee and that coffee and and everything, um, and and the same thing with the whiskey. You know, when we worked with with Manitani, um, Max Pfeffer had this just great. You know, like we're gonna make barrel strength or cast strength um, uh, whiskey, and to bring it down to normal proof, right? Uh, you cut it with water, so you have an overproof spirit. Uh, you cut it with water to get to a they say a 40% ABV. Um, he said, instead of cutting it with water, we're going to cut it with coffee. And I was like, that sounds way too easy and good. Um, and really, we sat with him, and, and he had, like, so, sort of, like, seasoning through titration, had a number of different vessels lined up, and was like, okay, 1% coffee, 5% coffee, 6% coffee, 6.5% coffee. And we just tasted all these different amounts until we were all, like, Oh yeah, that that one tastes good, because we wanted it to smell like coffee. We wanted the whiskey to come through, and we wanted it to finish like coffee. We didn't want it to taste like the Kahlua of coffee, right? You know, right? We didn't want that to. We didn't want it to taste like a cordial. No, you you want to have like like the most whiskey flavor, right? And the most coffee flavor, like almost like fighting each other like jockeying Definitely. for position almost like the rival the rivals like a ri- like they're rivals yeah I see what you did there thank yeah. you You're i see good lawyer. what you did thank you man <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was the hard part is not making it gimmicky and and as max said um he's brilliant by the way yeah he, he's really brilliant he was like you know technically these are considered flavored whiskeys you know and and there's something on the label that talks about that you know like with natural coffee flavoring well it's it's just coffee but legally right. they had to like call it flavoring yeah right. um which made people think it was synthetic like no no, no. this was literally just a ground coffee and cold water steeped for 24 hours strained through like a 1.5 tds filter micron and like just really focused scientific sterile environment you know, and Max was very, very specific about how he wanted it, when he wanted it, in what format he wanted it. Um, I love that. You yeah. Know? And from what we do on the scientific side, it's like, all right, cool. This guy's taking it really seriously. No, you guys, I mean, you guys get nuts. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen your setup. Like, you've got, like, straight-up computers, mm-hmm. like, in the roastery, like, taking it to, like, the optimal levels of whatever. I'm not that smart. So Wasn't there a, a web series about this? Well, I did the I did the side hustle, but like yeah. what what like I mean that was just like the jerky like jerky's oh, okay. like whatever, but like watching like watching Johnny, I mean like him you and Demian like I mean this is like true passion. Yeah. I mean it's it's amazing like and like even like your employees like all the shit that you do is like so incredible to watch and it's so incredible to taste. I mean, even, even before I, I saw what you guys were doing, like on the roasting side, like, I mean, just visiting the truck, like it was always like, I, I remember parking illegally at love park one yeah. day <laughs> so I could grab beans. Sure. Like I parked in like the, you know, city officials like thing. And it's like, I ran over. I was like, give me a coffee. Give me four <laughs> bags of beans. You know, we're, and, we're really blessed. Amy and I, we, We've been friends since the the sixth grade. That's when we met, and, wow. and we've battled all along the way, you know. And that kind of ties into the name and legacy. Right. He's Italian, I'm Irish, so we're always at each other. 
and we've had you know really a lot of tremendous experiences along that way and really you know we just got tired of having a boss that yeah. was that was the impetus behind all this is like well let's do something Let, and let's do it together because there's no one i trust more than him and i'm pretty sure it's still reciprocal and, <laughs> and we yeah, i i put him through hell but you know we really were just like i got your back man you got mine then let's do this um our wives were definitely a little nervous and and we were just like Let, let's do something we both really love and really care about and and it it was coffee yeah you know and it allowed us the day we we launched and the day it was like it was either halloween or the day after uh we opened at love park in this truck and i remember the first song was it was by war um and there was like a there's like a double song uh no coffee no sugar tonight in my coffee yeah 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 right um it was like just this incredible feeling like we've made it like I don't almost don't even care what happens after this point because we opened the doors like and like you, you did that, that was the thing, goal right yeah. we did the thing we did the thing that we wanted to do and like we don't have to tell anybody we don't have to punch out um, then reality hit and we we're like oh my god this is terrifying you know but uh, it's it's been really great and we feel very blessed and we wouldn't do it anywhere but Philadelphia you know and it made sense to us and it feels right and we've had a lot of tremendous support and a lot of champions along the way and we just plan on keep we're gonna keep doing it until we die. I mean, it's, a, it's a solid product, like solid branding, like it, everything about it is like it's 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 fun, it's there's there's a, a great balance of like take yourselves seriously, but don't take yourselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. A little whimsy with some seriousness. Yeah, well, definitely. It, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like I I think you really toe the line between like a really like okay, we are a a, a legit serious consumer product but we're also i hate to say it but like hipster like it's 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 not hipster it's like it's just like it's it's a fucking great brand like rival brothers is like such a great brand it's, it it always has been like from jump like it's been so much fun like to follow you guys like from the truck to the stores mm-hmm. like to everything you're doing now and like it's just good fucking coffee Rival Broner is a constant group text we have, <laughs> by the way. I mean, yeah, and, and Marcus, obviously, his Rival Broner is taking control, so I'm going to jump back. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Are you ready, John Adams, for a little Fast Casual? This is the thing we do. I'm ready. On this. I think fast I'm ready. Casual. This yeah, is where the music, it. cue the music, Marcus. Okay, I got the music. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> all right. O. Henry, going back to the history lesson we had tonight, mm. was, was a voyeur. Okay, he he famously sat in hotel lobbies, probably drinking Sazeracs, listening to other people's conversations to get artistic inspiration. Mm. Listening to conversations in hotel lobbies, is that artistic artistic expression, yes or no? No. No? It's creepy, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... That's creepy. You can make art out of it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know? I mean, that's what he did. Yeah, but but you wouldn't make coffee or or food out of it. No, no, no definitely not. That's not your method. That's not that's definitely not my method. In so <laughs> much as like, is if you if you see what other people are doing out there, like other brands or roasters, like oh that's cool, I'm gonna do that. Um, that's called I mean copying or right. stealing, right? Yeah. Uh, plagiarism. Sure. But if you see somebody's like oh I like how they're thinking i like that they're they're exploring different options and different methods and techniques i'm going to take that and that's going i'm going to use that as inspiration yeah um then i suppose i mean that's what we all do in a perfect world yeah but so you're not a voyeur basically no yeah i I think we've always focused on we had our initial inspiration of doing our own thing and then we're like okay let's just let's just let's just do our own thing right all right get another one all right do you have one or no other, other. You go. Best thing you ever made in a turbo chef. Wow. Uh, ham, cheese, mustard, pickles on sourdough. Nice. Basically a non-pressed Cubano. Okay. At the University of Pennsylvania Library, uh, Van Pelt Dietrich Library. I love how you just like immediately came up with it. Did you yeah. eat this thing? I did. Yeah. It was the only time I've ever used a turbo chef, so I uh. guess it... It was the best. Thing it was default. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that Turbo Chef's amazing. It's ridiculous. It's insane. All right. Yeah. Cuban sandwich is all-time favorite sandwich. Um, yes, but 
personally, for me, the Medianoche. Yes. Puerto Medianoches Rico. are better. Medianoche. Yeah. It's like Cubano plus French toast equals yes. Medianoche. Yeah. It's like grilled, like, it's a Cuban Monte Cristo. Yeah. Yes. Basically, yeah. Like yeah. silly, just stupid. Fuck. With with shoestring fries on the side. Yeah. Yeah, they always do. And that. Thousand yeah. Island, like an yes. extra unnecessary ramekin of Thousand Island. Yes. Super cold beer. There's yes. no such thing as an unnecessary ramekin of Thousand Island. I'd hit stop right now. That's <laughs> oh, and a cockfight. <laughs> I've been to Puerto Rico. I love it, man. So Boricuas. so so I. You know fast casual or no? No, I, I want to talk about the fact that when I lived in New York, like, I wanted to find, A, a cockfight, and B, mm-hmm. an opium den. Not necessarily, Together? not necessarily, necessarily, <laughs> in the same night. Yeah, but, uh, that's a hell of a Tuesday. Oh my god, yes. This, this already has been a hell of a Tuesday. This is one of our longest. <laughs> we, we, that's we, not true. We that's professed, not... we would uh, do we'll a do short a part. Recording. We'll do a part one and a Part two might not be bad. This is like, like John Adams is afforded a two-parter. Yeah, I agree. He may be our first two-parter. I'm honored. Yeah, thanks, John. I'm, we love you. I'm, I'm going to leave this up for two weeks on my IG then. Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, no. So uh, where are we at with the fast casual? Oh, I've got something else if you want it. You go. I, I want to talk music with John Adams because I saw. All right, nice, I got a question. For I you, saw go. an IG post of him playing a twelve-string. Mm. Oh wow! All right, wow. all right, all right. So, so I'm going to literature. All okay. Right? And all right. O. Henry, obviously, as we talked about, had a massive drinking problem. Sure. A massive Sazerac problem. Sure. Who's your favorite author with a drinking problem? John Steinbeck. Nice. I, who I'm imagining had a drinking problem. I'm sure he did. I don't actually know, but I'm pretty sure everyone did. Anyone who wrote the Grapes of Wrath, mm-hmm. you know, actually, I should say. Anyone who wrote probably had a right. drinking problem, right? I mean, from I write era. and I have a drinking problem. See, there you go. You proved my point. Uh, yeah, John Steinbeck was a, was a huge. He was the first author that I was like, "Whoa, this is great." Um, Cannery Row, The Pearl, easy reading, short writes, great stuff, powerful, impactful, conversational, very conversational, very kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. all I think the the hallmark of the uh, alcoholic author is depressing works like yeah. for me it's F. Scott Fitzgerald okay sure and he was clearly way messed up yeah. always and everything that he wrote was very sad I I will never appreciate the Great Gatsby why <laughs> Great Gatsby <laughs> never reach dude never reach it's like a, a major thing especially for someone from Penn like you. Mm. Understood, but 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 I will never like Holden Caulfield, Gatsby, Jay Gatsby. Those guys can s my d, dude. Well, like, Holden Caulfield <laughs> is a high school student, and Jay Gatsby is a war hero. Holden okay? Caulfield was was a a boarding school student. He's like, I'm gonna leave boarding school because I'm bored and I'm gonna smoke yeah. cigarettes. Yeah, but he was like a high school kid. Fuck that dude. Yeah. I read it at the wrong time. You know who's an amazing author, though? One of my favorites. Who Who's the woman that wrote Outsiders? The Outsiders. Oh, shit. Outsiders is such a good movie. That wasn't a woman, though, was it? It was. And she was in high school when she wrote it. Look at it. Outsiders is fucking great. First of all, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine. Um, well, that's you. Stay gold, right? I mean, like, I mean. S.E. Hinton? Yes. S.E. Hinton. That's a oh, woman. was a woman, yeah. Think about The Outsiders. Think about that being written by a high schooler first. Yeah. And now a realize that it's a woman. A, That's a girl. It was published in 1967 by Viking Press. Hinton was 15 when she started working writing the novel, but did most of the work when she was 16 and a junior in high school. She was 18 when it was published. That's ridiculous. To have that... Why am I not a published author? Because <laughs> you're not S.E. Hinton, dude. Yeah, no, because I don't write. <laughs> I don't do this with my fingers. Yeah. Marcus, what's your middle name? Adam. So, M A Espinosa? That's pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. People would be like, Ma, Ma Espinosa. Ma Espinosa. Yeah. My, or, my Espinosa is, uh. I'm gonna write the great American novel. You should do it. We need one. Yeah, we do. I mean, we're we're due, right? We're we're due. Mm -hmm. It has to be written by an immigrant's family. Obviously. It has to be. Yeah. Because they were back in the day, but now they won't be. All right, enough. 
What's okay. your next question? Fast casual. Go. Okay. So so we want to talk to John about music. Mm. So you came. Oh my god. God damn it! I'm drunk. Okay. So. <laughs> I got one for you. You got one. Yeah. Argentine soccer, river or Boca? <sighs> Boca. Um, no, Boca's lame. I can't go there. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't have enough enough knowledge of, of either. Okay. How much do you hate Chelsea? I, I really hate Chelsea. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, that's my team. It's, it's cool. Yeah. You're a good guy. Yeah. I like you. Uh, how I much like you the hate, Studiantes. How much do you hate Willian? I mean, he's a good guy, right? He's a great player, though. Yeah. That's the thing. And he like, seems cool. Like, I, you would hang out with William more than anyone on that team, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Right? Thibaut Courtois is the last person you hang out with. Not hanging out with him. <laughs> Making him buy the drinks, definitely. Yes. definitely. I, would hang out with, I would hang out with uh, your uh, your young guy, uh, Dele. Ali Dele. Dele Ali. Dele Ali. Totally. Dude, come on. Dele Ali is... He's amazing. Uh, he's incredible. I love his, yeah. I love his style. He, the last goal he scored, he did the floss. Which is like this Shut nude up the, dance yeah. move situation. He can did you the, do it now? Can we get it on the guy? BTS? Yeah. Can yeah. you do it? Good. Yeah, I can do it. I can definitely do it. All my, right. My son taught me how to do it. Stay okay. close to the camera. All right. Wait a second. Hang on. Hold this on. This is amazing. This is going to be a very robotic version of, of, of the floss. All right. Go. go ahead. That's, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, you and when Deli, when, De, when Deli Ali does it, it's like amazing. Also, when he puts it in the upper 90s, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's incredible. It's an incredible thing. That's, that's going to be one of our, our most highly liked uh, behind the scenes posts ever. Guaranteed. You got to put that on the actual Instagram, not the that is story. That is It's yeah. worthy. That's worthy. My son's no like worries. smacking his forehead right now. He's like, "No, Dad, it's not." <laughs> it was not bad. Cause he, my son Kalen, can roll the the floss right into what he calls the fresh. Nice. Wait, there's a fresh. Yeah. Shut up. Can you do the fresh? I can't. Okay. It's like too complicated. I've bad rhythm too, but you know that's just how it goes. So, here's a question for you. Are you do you got one or no? No. You I am know. a huge Leo Messi fan though. Like. Oh, really? Huge. He's incredible. Okay. Magic Is your man. part Argentine? I mean, it, it has to be, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he, kinda, he seems lame to me. Uh, uh, he's, he's, he's brilliant. Uh, he's, he's masterful. But what does he want, really, except for multiple UCLs? I mean, he's won a ton, though. Yeah, but not in the world scale, right? He can't, he can't win the World Cup. Um, like, I think, think he, he can. can. You think he can? I think he can. I definitely think he can. All yeah, right. Absolutely. Better, better World Cup player, Ronaldo or Messi? Just World Cup? Yeah. Just focus on World Cup? Yeah. Ronaldo. Better UCL player, Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Okay. All right, who's all more right. handsome? Yeah, who's more handsome? Ronaldo. Who has a better bust? Uh, the, well, unex- the non-existing messy bust. Well, yeah, the non-existing messy bust is definitely better. Uh, also, Messi has a sick beard. Really? Yeah. Is it sick now? Oh, it's sick. Because it took it's him like five beard. years to grow. Yeah, mine took fifteen. He wins. <laughs> like, like he's like he's my Boludo. You know, like he's oh, awesome. Like I mean, Boludos, he, huh? Yeah, All I right. definitely like Boludos. All right. Yeah, no, Messi. Messi's great. He's he's inspiring. You know what I love about Messi is every time there's there's a, a foul against him, and he goes down, he gets clobbered left and right. He just stops. He stands up. He grabs the ball. He puts it down, and he gets ready for a set piece. And he knows exactly what he's gonna do. And he drills it. He doesn't always score, but he knows exactly what he's gonna do. And he doesn't he doesn't get all worked up. Ronaldo's a crybaby. I love watching Ronaldo mm-hmm. play, but first of all, he's the second Ronaldo. He he's, not the he's not Ronaldo. the Ronaldo. He's not even the, he's the only one, he's Ronaldino the only one or Ronaldinho. But he's only yeah. the one named after Ronald Reagan. You know that's what Cristiano Ronaldo is named after Ronald Reagan. I mean, that kind of explains everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd call him, like, you know, Cristiano Iran. Or, like, Cristiano <laughs> Contra. You know, but... Contra! <laughs> no, and I think... Um, that's like my my son loves Messi. He's a Messi poster above his bed. He's got Messi cleats. He's got kits. He's got T-shirts. He's got, he loves Messi, 
And for me, like, I'm like, this is a good role model. Like, you know, um, and, it, and so it's exciting to see, to see that kind of come up and, you know, it's fun to watch him play and, you know, Classico was Sunday. It was unreal. It was they, wild. They, yeah, they tied with wild. 10 guys. They yeah. drew. Yeah, they drew against him. Sorry, I said tied. Drew. Come on. In the continent. Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea supporters, you know. So, so last question. Last yeah. question on Fast Casual. Would you recommend listening to this podcast to your friends in the food and beverage industry? Oh, definitely. You have to. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing that needs to happen because they can relate to this. This is... This is typical banter that goes back and forth, usually at Fountain Porter right. or Poppin' Kitchen or Doobies, any, any place. It used to be the Bards back in the day, you know, and, and this is uh, these are all normal things, the conversations that happen. It starts off easy, friendly, and it gets really deep for a minute, and then it usually then circles it back casual. to sports. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly, exactly. And then you end up drinking beer out of old cocktail glasses. Yeah. That's what Obviously. we're doing right now. We're back to it circles back, kind of like Seinfeld's stand-up style, back to the first joke thank of the night. For, thank you for for understanding our style. Yeah, yeah. I feel you, it. You're basically insinuating that we're as good as Larry David and mm-hmm. as good as Jerry Seinfeld, and we we agree. We're, yeah, we're basically no, that I mean, good. I, I think we're I think we're fucking. I'll be great. undiscovered. <laughs> um, and we appreciate you coming on, John. It was it was awesome. You're much more cool than your founding father counterpart. Hmm. who has the same name with an H. Um, yeah. I really liked it. I mean, the whole Hamilton craze has really dogged John Adams. Yeah, it um, has. It's hurt me. Yeah, I, I, imagine, <laughs> I imagine your brain has suffered because of that. However, John Adams himself and his letter writing was pretty cool, the fact that they yeah. said that for history. But I'd much rather be here podcasting and drinking beers and warm beers and other drinks with former chef, a current coffee entrepreneur, just general cool guy, who we haven't even got into, loves whatever type of music you love. Yeah, I got drunk and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem with doing one take." Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's all good. So, 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 what's what's next for John Adams as we as we wrap this up? Well, um, you got three kids. Yeah. You beat the vasectomy. Yeah. You coach soccer. <laughs> you also are just the fucking coffee ass dude. So uh, what's going on? Ooh. I mean, like let's 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 uh, let's roll into. Uh, tell us what's next steps. What, yeah, next steps. Next steps is well tomorrow I'm gonna go on a fast and check into rehab. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, it's it's gonna be continuing with with. We opened three shops last year, you know. Um, big time. It was a lot. It That's was hard. It wasn't the goal or the intention. It just ended up being that way. Uh, one slowed down, one sped up, and then there was a pop-up in Balakinwood on top of that. So um, we're just going to really focus on making sure that everything we do is the best that we can do. That's that's the goal of, of 2018 is just make it lean, make it mean. And we're going to roll out a bunch of new packaging and new branding and new merch and new swag and new products and really kind of get into all like the fun, tactile, what they call in the business, collateral. Yeah. Uh, the fun stuff. Absolutely, you know? dude. Merch is fucking merch. king. My, my son said, he's like, Dad, you need lit merch. Yeah. That's what he told me. I mean, you came on this podcast, so automatically you'll be Liddy again. All right. Yeah, I'm Liddy. Good. Yeah. That's good. That's good because – because if I'm not savage, Callan's gonna call me out. Right? Yeah. So it'll it'll be it'll be good. You know, I, I think we're we're excited to launch some new coffees. Yeah. You know, because when it comes back to it, that's what it's all about for us is just getting amped on coffee. And uh, we have a bunch of like, you know, individual farm relationship situations going on that we're pretty amped on, and and just just having fun. You know. Do you have some travel plans in the future to uh, check out the? Uh, these farms like these beans like not yet beans, though. i'll be honestly because um you know there's going to origin as they say in the business um we'd love to but we're not in the import business we're in the the coffee roasting and, and running shop side of things so you just you you get the beans like the beans yeah. just like we yeah. brokers they show up they just show up that's like, cool though I, I mean i tweet the beans and they come you know <laughs> uh, it's dope though i mean like like literally like you roast the fuck out of those beans. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. But not too much of the fuck. Just like a little bit of the fuck. Yeah, dude. Taste, just, a tasteful just, amount. 
yeah. yeah. Yeah, we want to keep a balance. So I think we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing towards uh, doing what we do, and the travel that Damien and I do is usually family related. Yeah. But also with a little bit of inspiration. Yeah. Like I'm going to Italy in about a month for cool, two weeks man. with my family. It's my I just turned forty. It's our tenth wedding anniversary. Ooh. It's like we're doing all this cool stuff. So I'm gonna go to the La Marzocco factory, which is where they make espresso machines, yeah, which we have at our one shop. And um, I'm pretty amped to go there. That's kind of like Mecca to a certain degree uh, with a lot of a lot of espresso guys. So I mean, you're, you're only as good as your equipment, right? I mean, like, yeah. it's fucking awesome. The, the theme of June is like pizza, gelato, espresso. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked on that. Yeah, dude, that doesn't That's suck. That's actually Evino, ours as Evino. well. Evino. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. So I'll see you that guys drinking, there. No, I mean, it'll be in Flower Town and Lafayette. Okay, all right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But it's good. It yeah. works out. Yeah. Man, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Mm. We we loved this conversation. I hope that everyone else did too. Yeah. And um, we're gonna probably split this into two. Do you think? Uh, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's heading that way. I mean, we'll see. I think it is. Yeah. I think this is. is definitely like a Philly to Albany listen. <laughs> <laughs> For Tangy, Tangy, get ready, baby. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, John, thanks so much for fucking coming on. This was amazing. Yes. Like, this seriously. Great. Again, Love learning about coffee. And you can Love follow his about... next steps at Johnny Mac, Chef Johnny Mac on Twitter. Yep. At Johnny Mac on Instagram. Yeah. At, jo- at Rival Brothers Coffee. At Rival Bros. Rival Bros Coffee. Coffee on Instagram, Twitter, all the other things. Stop drunk shaming me. I'm not drunk shaming you, You're dude. drunk shaming me. You're looking at me. <laughs> You're so judgy. Stop judging me. I mean, only one of us can't handle... The, the end of the show. It's just me. Yes. Yeah. Not me. So here we go. Thanks everyone for listening. All right. Love Cheers. Tell us at 15.